Well, 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 top of the day to each and every one of you listening to us on terrestrial radio, which is not another planet, uh, terrestrial radio. I'm not really sure what that means. It's like the regular radio, or if you're listening to us on Spotify, or if you're listening to us on iTunes, you know, the Jan Arden program is available to you. If you hit subscribe, you don't even have to worry about looking for us anymore. You can just have us appear on your phone. Much like uh, other favorite things that appear on your phone. Like, I don't know, uh, today, uh, I don't know what appears. I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. Did I take <laughs> mushrooms before this? Did I, did I do some, did I ingest shrooms? <laughs> uh, welcome. I'm Jan. Uh, we're with Julie Van Rosendahl and Adam Karsh, of course. Julie is joining us from her amazing home in uh, downtown Calgary. Not downtown. The outskirts. The outskirts, the, the, the outskirts of downtown. Yep. Jeez. Julie lives in a 190,000-year-old house. Yeah. No. Come on. 120 Six. years. Uh, it's, yeah, 19, 1906. I always have to stop and do the math. But about 120 years, 114 years, 115 That's, years. Oh my gosh! Adam lives in a home built in 1999. 2003. <laughs> that was a good year. That was a good year. I think I can't I really remember a, that year, but uh, I have a Jeep from 2003. <laughs> I love bombing around. I have an old Jeep that I bought from a friend, and whenever I take it out, which is in the summertime, because a few years ago, I decided it would be a great idea to take the hard cover off because it comes with a hard lid, this particular Jeep. And then you put on the summer lid that is just your little flippy soft cover. Well, mm -hmm. I broke the bolts off, so I can't put the hard lid on anymore or the soft lid. So I just drive around. Topless. Hope, yeah, hoping it doesn't rain. But <laughs> uh, inevitably, it doesn't matter where I'm parked. Somebody comes up to me and usually a guy between like, 19 and 39 so up for sale oh <laughs> uh, no where does it is there anything on this jeep that says it's for sale or no what, what do you want for it uh the, i'm not selling it anyway it's really fun to bomb around in so that's from 2003 what a riveting show so far <laughs> <laughs> this show has been brought to you by the year 2003 <laughs> i was in vancouver in 2003 Living? Yeah, living. Yeah, living in Vancouver. Yeah, in 2003. Why did you move out Reading there? Reading cookbooks. Uh, my friend uh, was out there and the apartment below her came up for rent and was she just texted me or probably not texted me because I don't think, were cell phones around in 2003? Yes, but not oh, texting. Oh, the, the, flip, the flip phones, not texting. Yes. Anyway, she probably dialed me on her rotary phone with the long <laughs> extension cord and said, the apartment below me is 800 bucks. Do you want to move out? And I was like, sure. And I hopped in my car and drove out and lived there for a few years. That's the short oh, version of the story. No, as you do. I lived in Vancouver, 80, part of 84, all of 85 and part of 86, just mm. before the world trade. So what happened in 86 in Vancouver? Is it the world trade fair? What's it called? The Expo, world Expo. Expo. Yeah. I knew it was in my mind somewhere. I knew Expo 86 was in there. I have the cookbook. I have the Expo 86 cookbook. Oh, of course you freaking do. Of course. Yeah. Can you yeah. remember one recipe out of the Expo 86 cookbook? Was it mini no. donuts? 
No, I cannot. I, there's probably like a spinach salad with with mandarin oranges and you know those crispy chow mein noodles mm-hmm. from 1986. Mm-hmm. Those very big back then. Pesto, lots of pesto. Uh, yeah, 80s. Pesto was big in '86. This is what you're telling yeah. me. Yes, this is. I'm pulling up the food trends from 1986. Listen, folks, if you ever want to make a pesto and you're a vegan person out there, a plant-based person, and you're thinking, oh, damn, I miss Parmesan cheese and I want to mm-hmm. make it, you can use nutritional yeast. Mm-hmm. Just and the Violife, the Violife uh, Parmesan Parm. Violife and- comes to the block. Violife, do not hesitate to sponsor mm-hmm. our show. We would love mm-hmm. to have you. Uh, is it Violife or Violife? Violife, Let's, I don't know. Maybe they'll contact, maybe they'll reach out. Vio, vio, it's like, I think of it like violin, violin. Yeah. Viola. Oh, see, violin, viola. The English language is so I don't, <laughs> confusing. I you know, when my, when my niece was little, she was really upset. Uh, one day her dad was upset about work and she, she was like, I'm going to write a letter to my dad's boss. Cause there was something going on. And she, she drew a picture of you know, herself crying and, and so, someone else crying. There was a scribble. And I was like, who's this? She said, that's my dad. What's the scribble all over him? That's the fire because they're going to fire him. Cause he oh. was saying, Oh, you know, oh. I'm going to get fired. They're going to fire me. She was so upset because they thought she thought that we were going to light him on fire at work. Right. Of course. Anyway, language. We have a very clear theme to this show. I can, I can tell already. Well, the theme is the focus. Themes are very 2003. That's, <laughs> oh, I'm that's, so relieved. <laughs> yeah, I... they're very 2003. Nobody wants a theme. Haven't you guys seen any of the more popular television shows? They don't have themes. No, it's true. Do they? Theme songs. I just, theme songs. I remember a lot of theme songs growing up. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just, uh, who, who can't hum Star Trek with William Shatner? Like, the real mm-hmm. one. Oh yes. Okay, maybe I can't hum the theme song, and I'm a professional. I was. I think I was doing Star Wars and not Star Trek. I have fed the entire cast of Star Trek. Really? Tell us that story, because that, even though we don't have a theme, please talk about that. Well, I can't tell the whole story. So the the Calgary. Why were they? They had. Were they nude? Why? What was? Was it? No, they were all very nice. They were all very nice. Um, There, there are very few people who are not, uh, but they were all super nice. Not you know demanding or anything. Um, I almost spilled uh, soup on Jean Luc Picard. What's his name? Uh, Patrick Patrick Stewart. Sir Sir Patrick Stewart, who I love. Um, I was trying to, they set me up in this room at, that wasn't, there was no kitchen, right? So I was trying to like cobble together, uh, you know, crock pots and folding tables. And, and so this is at the, the Calgary Entertainment Expo, which happens every April or, or used to. I think it's coming back in September this year, I heard. I've heard there's uh, a small version of it that's going to go on. A smaller yeah, version. Yeah, a smaller version. Yeah, yeah. So for a long time, I've, um, I've fed the, the gold room, you know, the, the bigger celebrities, um, the big C celebrities. And so they're, so, very, they're very lucky to have you. Yeah. Except I almost spilled soup on, on, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart and, um, the, the soup was cold, but I didn't notice because some, you know, someone else had served it up. And anyway, I was, I was walking towards him. I was thinking of some hilarious joke to say like soup, butternut squash, hot, right. Cause he always does that tea, yes. real gray, hot, right. right? I mean, 
it was going to be hilarious. And then I tripped over an extension cord and I like went flying through the air and the whole world went into slow motion as I leapt forward out of my body and grabbed the cup before it landed on him. Uh, I pretty much saved his life, really. Yeah. You know, like, he, you know, he wouldn't have been burned because the soup was cold, but it was. Uh, I it was, was the worst waitress like in the world. I, I really was. I, oh, me too. Like I waitressed at uh, the Pinebrook Golf Course, which is west of the city of Calgary. And when I started there, I, I drove my moped down there from my parents' house. It was like a 40 minute drive on a moped because it had a top speed of 16 miles an hour. And I went down there like every week one summer and kept asking the, uh, the, the pro there if I could, you know, wash golf clubs or do something. And I think after like week five, he finally just thought, oh my God, I'm going to give this kid a job. But I moved up through the ranks. I started off washing balls and then I was cleaning clubs and then I was, you know, doing little things sort of, I drove a tractor picking up the balls out on the range. And then I moved into the the lounge, like from the time I was 16, 17, I don't think I should have been serving booze, but I was mm. gin tonics were big in those days. Like mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. the golfers came in, they had a GT. That's what they had. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, I, I just remember just dumping things, dropping things, pouring things. I was one of those idiots have the big teapot in one hand to refill somebody's cup of hot water. And as you're leaning to grab their teapot, you know, to try and get between people, you've got the, and I'm pouring it down this guy's back, this Mm -hmm. hot tea. (laughs) And he was actually very nice about it. He, um, like it, it wasn't super hot. It wasn't McDonald's hot. Am I allowed to say that? (laughs) I know what you mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I just was the worst server. Was it Sir Patrick Stewart? No, thank God. But I I got tipped accordingly. Mm -hmm. Um, I was the same way. Which was was like no tips. People just look at me like shaking their heads, but it it was traumatizing. I should have had your niece draw a picture with flames around my head. Because you're going to get fired. uh, I never did though. I worked there for, I think, eight years. I, I worked there from the time I was 13 to like 21. I worked at the Elbow River Inn and Casino for about two weeks. Uh, and oh. I could not, everything slid off the plates. I always, I'm so impressed by servers who can line up the plates on their arms, you know, and carry like, and balance. I, I was arms. the worst. I have long arms and I could not, I couldn't do it. So I, I figured I was better off in the kitchen. So, uh, and I think I was right. Well, know. I think it's an extremely hard job. And I, you know, I, I'm always so grateful to be waited on ever by anybody, especially this last year and a half. Uh, my, my goal now that I'm double vaccinated is mm-hmm. in the next month or like before the summer's out, I really do want to get my courage up to go sit on a patio with friends that like are not even in my pod yeah. and have a meal, like have someone come up to me and say, can I take your order? And then I'll just burst into tears. Yeah. Yes, can please. Can you take my order? You can, you can <gasps> take, take my everything. My... <laughs> Do you want to marry me? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got, I got my second shot yesterday. And mm. um, it, I have to say like the telecenter downtown Calgary is such a, just, it, it just works so well. It's so organized. 
Mm-hmm. And a huge shout out to the dozens and dozens of volunteers. They had a woman downstairs in parking helping everybody work the machines. Anyway, you're listening to the Jan Arden podcast. I'm with Julie and Adam, and we shall be right back. A bottle of red, a bottle of white. It all depends upon your appetite. I'll meet you anytime you want in our Italian restaurant. Welcome back uh, to the Jan Arden Show podcast and Variety Hour. Julie Van Rosendahl is with us, Adam Karsh. Uh, if you're just joining us, you've probably already clued into the theme today. Um, which is, well, we've touched on a few themes. 2003, uh, being a terrible server in life. Uh, And I don't mean serving Jesus or anything like that, because I'm a good server of the Lord, I think. And uh, no, I'm not. I don't even know why I said that. Why are these mushrooms just (laughs) kicking in now? (laughs) (laughs) Your mouth and brain work together like mine do. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... We, we're just here. We're just talking about random things. And what I actually, I did have things that I wanted to ask you guys. I find that as I am getting a little bit older, my morning routine gets longer. Mm. And, it, you know, we're all creatures of habit. You know, my mom used to say, well, you just get up and you repeat the same day for about 30,000 days. And I'm like, well, that sounds really great. But uh, I do, but my routine gets really long. I mean, from making the bed to how just putting cream on my face, brushing my teeth, putting a little bit of makeup on, um, now watering the plants, adding all the summer stuff, unloading the dishwasher, feeding the dog, getting her meds, uh, checking the laundry. Like it just, it, it, honest to God, it takes me an hour before I sit down to have a cup of tea. So I wanted to ask you guys, Julie, about, morning routines like because mm-hmm. i will follow your instagram and i see birds being fed i see things going on i yep. anyway go i love my summer morning routine because it involves going outside and feeding the birds and watering my garden and you know i can open all the kitchen windows to the outside and it's great but let's backtrack so i get up i pick up my phone which is probably the wrong thing to do it's like the last thing i'm looking at before i fall asleep and the th- first thing i pick up um, and then, uh, yeah, wash my face, moisturizer, come downstairs, you know, go outside if it's summer, if it's winter, I don't even know what I do in the winter. You know, it's still dark. It's cold. I put on my dad's old cardigan sweater that I wear in the mornings. And, uh, and on Tuesday mornings, I, uh, I talk about food on the radio and, um, and I get well, I'm off to, to school when there's school to be had. Yeah, it's not that exciting. I straighten the bed. But how you straighten the bed, you didn't, it doesn't even go so far as making well, it. Well, I, I just pull, like, there's only the, you know, the one sort of side pushed <laughs> over my comforters and my quilt. So I just kind of like pull it straight there, made the bed. I don't do that. Like my mom and my grandma did the hospital corners, you know, and that's so when no. I do the sheets, I do that. I even started, do you iron your sheets, Jan? Oh, screw off. My oh, mom. Never- my mom irons her sheets, but it's amazing when I go, you know, out to their, their, they have a little tiny place out on the Sunshine Coast and it's so nice. So during the pandemic, at one point I got some really fancy sheets. I started ironing them on the bed 
It didn't last very long. I didn't iron them on the, I just on the bed with the iron. Probably not a good idea. Don't do this at home. I give terrible housekeeping advice. Maybe I should iron sheets. My friend Teresa irons her sheets and she says it's just like the absolute best. It is. At the, at the very least, and I've been told by this many times, people that really are Martha Stewart's out in this world, to at least, at the very least, iron your pillowcases. Pillowcases, for sure. And your underwear. But if you get stuff out of the dryer, like Pronto <laughs> underwear. No. I know, but it's not, it's, the, it's not the same. It I isn't know. the same. I agree. It, it, it isn't. I always, I argued that for a long time, but you know, when I, I can't argue with the iron sheets at my mom's house and nice sheets. That's one thing I, I, you know, I got during the pandemic. I got some really nice, you know, 8,000 thread Egyptian cotton or whatever. And yeah, they're nice, nice sheets. I have nice sheets. Sorry. I totally derailed that conversation no it's something you should adam do you have like things you do in the morning that maybe you don't does your maybe your wife picks up most of that no no i do i have i think julia as you were saying like my summer morning routine is different than my winter morning routine i'm not really a morning person but with the nice weather and the fact that it's getting warmer i i feel like i don't want to waste any part of this beautiful day so i take my coffee and i go sit in my backyard and i relax and i just I just like my morning now is not as hectic as it was when I was taking the girls to school, driving to the train station, getting downtown. Mm -hmm, That was mm -hmm. so hectic and stressful. So I make a point out of starting my day in this relaxed, slow state. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm ready to work, I go down to the basement and do my thing. Nice. You're such a dad. The day's a waste and you don't (laughs) want to waste the day. Just images of my dad opening up the blinds at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Day's a waste and... And I'm a, I'm a not a morning, in general, I'm not a morning person. I'm the sleeping king and I'm a real night owl. I've turned into a morning person. Like Me I, too. Me I too. think as certainly when I sort of hit my late 40s, I was like, okay, I'm awake. It's 20 to 6. I'm not going to lie here because like there's no way I'm going to fall back asleep. Mm-hmm. So normally now I'm up between 5.30 and 6 every mm-hmm. day. Yep, same. And I cannot believe I'm that person. <laughs> if someone would have slapped me upside the head and said, you're going to get, boy, when you're this age, you're going to sure be an early ride. I, I, I still can't believe it. And I love the mornings. In the winter, I'm even up that early as well. Like, And I know it's dark, but there's something about the darkness in winter mornings that I like to, I always get a fire going. Although now my little dog is afraid of fires. She's decided at almost 13 years old. Wow. Um, and I would have a fire and the dog would disappear. Like, really? and huh. she'd be behind the laundry basket in my walk-in closet. And I thought there's no way I can keep doing fires while I'm sitting out here enjoying the, you know, the rosy glow of the flames mm-hmm. and she's cowering in the closet behind a wicker. So I just stopped. Um, I can't do them anymore. She just doesn't like the crackling wood. Um, If you're just joining us, the Jan Arden podcast, today's theme is no theme at all. Nothing. We're we're meandering. It's a show about, it's a show about nothing. I feel like the Seinfeld music is (laughs) going to make a comeback in this episode. Yeah. I really am so, so shocked by just how, much my body is changing. And I don't mean physically. I mean, yeah, your breasts get longer. And, yeah. you know, 
things happen, but I'm so grateful just to have my health and to be here. And I Mm -hmm. think everybody is, I think everyone Mm -hmm. that's coming out of this is just like, they know friends who've had parents, who've had grandparents, who have someone from work. I think I spent six or seven months not knowing anyone that had uh, contracted, you know, COVID. Mm -hmm. And then I started knowing like two dozen people. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, really changed a lot as I was, I was yeah. like, wow, I know people that are getting closer and closer to my direct circle. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, health is health really is wealth, but yeah, lots of things changing, lots yeah. of ways that I'm thinking differently. And, but the mornings don't think that's going to change. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm going on way less sleep than mm-hmm. I did than I was in my forties. Like You'd think it would be the opposite that as you got older, you'd need more sleep. But if I can get five hours in a row, I'm really, I feel fortunate. Yeah. Same, same. And I always wake up in the middle of the night and have a good think. How Um, do you get back to sleep again? What do you, what's the tricks? I try and think of, I try and get my mind out of all the things that I'm worried about, you know? Um, And I think about, you know, being out on the kayak with Louis, think about different, you know, just calming things. I try and yeah, I don't do the. I try the, the counting backwards from a hundred or whatever that never, I don't know. That doesn't calm me, but, or things I think about the garden. I think about, yeah, just little things that, that take my brain away from all the I've, stuff. I've probably talked about this before, but there's the alphabet thing and this, it certainly isn't mine. Hmm. I read about it somewhere probably in, oh, it could have been Chatelaine and Chatelaine, feel free to hop onto the sponsorship, but I read it somewhere. And it was a guy that does the alphabet sleep game. And he was like, I start with A. I don't say it out loud. I just, when I can't sleep, I just lay on my back, shut my eyes. And I start with A and I name as many A's as I can. Apple, artichoke, armadillo, mm-hmm. armpit. Mm-hmm. And then when I, when my brain gets to the end of that, I go to B. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. barrel, buckwheat, bastard. Okay. Some people listen to podcasts. Some people listen to podcasts and then they, they go off automatically with, well, you're listening to the Jan Arden podcast. We're going to be, we're going to be right back. You like potato. And I like potato. You like tomato. I like tomato, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. Welcome back. I'm Jan Arden with Julie Van Rosendahl, Adam Karsh, and this is our podcast and uh, the Jan Arden podcast. And today's theme is nothing. Nothing. There's no theme. There's, there's nothing going on. I'm looking out my window right now at my flowers that hopefully will last another month, you know, because summers are very short. If you're listening from across the pond or from another country other than Canada, our summer starts allegedly June the 20th which isn't even started yet. So summer hasn't officially started and it goes till June the 31st. So it's not a mm-hmm. long summer. So we have 11 days to really enjoy our bedding out plants. I can't stop mm-hmm. buying plants. Mm-hmm. I have got to stay away from garden centers. I, now they're on sale. Same. Totally. Now, because we only have two weeks of summer left. People yep. think I'm kidding. Well, we get into hail season in about a week. Oh, God. You were so... Last year, if anyone followed along with Dinner with Julie, 
she got annihilated. Her garden, her her little garden, got like cut down three times, but it came back. It came back. That kale, kale is a trooper. So I had slaw a few times, but uh, but yeah, it bounced back. I've kind of rigged up a tarp and put some hooks on the on the fence so that I can run out when you can tell you can tell when hail is brewing, and put up the tarp and maybe it'll sort of protect them. It's not a you know, it's not a fancy garden. Well. I just, no, it's, but no garden should be fancy. I think people get really intimidated by planting. Mm-hmm. And I always say to people, my goodness, you can plant stuff anywhere, which brings me to a story that I really wanted to talk about this week. And that is Julie and I, a few weeks ago, I had a bunch of PEI potato seedlings, like seed potatoes left over from my garden. I just had too many this year. And so I gave them away to a lot of people, but I still had a bucket full. And Julie's like, we'll go plant them downtown. I'm like, what? So anyway, Julie, pick up the story from there. So we potato bombed the neighborhood. (laughs) And so I I live in Ramsey, which is right beside Inglewood. And there are a lot of uh, nice new planters, but there's a lot of old cement planters, like those ones from the 80s, you know, like they look like they were... They're exposed aggregate. They've all been yes. like sandblasted. So it's it's the pebble, yes. pebbles sunk into concrete. Yes. yes, like it looks like, you know, an, it used to be in front of an old school, that kind of, yes. anyway, there's a bunch that are always left unplanted every year. And so I was like, let's just go and put potatoes in them, right? You should have seen us. Did we have the dog? We had the dog because it was hot. We kept having to go back in the car and turn the, the AC on. The air conditioning. Yeah. We had our bucket of potatoes. Julie had an accordion water jug that it's one of those things that you flatten out, but as you fill it, you can literally have like five gallons of yep. water. So she has the water. We have the world's oldest trowel. <laughs> I'm like, the handle was busted in half. I'm like, oh my gosh, I guess we're using this trowel. So here we are. I'm following Julie's lead. She goes, I know where there's a concrete planter. And we dug holes. We put these... These, these wilted, tired-looking Prince Edward Island beautiful potatoes, we sunk them into this. Yeah, I mean, the dirt just did not look oh. well. It was Some of it was dusty. It was clay. We were pulling giant weeds yep. out, clumps of grass that had been there for four years. Cigarette butts. Anyway, we, we planted, we plant, planted, we planted <laughs> 25 hills of potatoes. Yep. Yep. Around Inglewood. And yep. they are, one of them is... In, yeah, one of them is in front. It's between the little piece of ground between the sidewalk and somebody's front gate, where it's kind of an easement that the city owns. We dug holes there. Julie's watering. She's digging. <laughs> Our nails are filled with dirt. And now, if you go onto Julie's page, Dinner with Julie on Instagram, she is updating all these potato plants that are growing like maniacs. Like crazy. And so, and the, the, the first one that we planted, which is right beside uh, a dry cleaner, uh, someone came the, not- the next day <laughs> and they plant, they planted other plants in it. So I, I think some of our potatoes got dug up, but our, our potatoes are pushing forth and they're doing better than the new plants that, that were put in. Yeah. Screw right? those. But plants. some of them, like I went back and pulled out some of the old dead grass that was in some of them. The dirt, the dirt was like dust. It was like, you know, people have been using them as ashtrays, but they're, the potatoes are growing. The one on the, there's one on the corner that did get replanted and they didn't make it, but, uh, but that's okay. The, the rest are doing amazingly well. All this sun and rain, right? It's 
making everything go gangbuster. Well, we're going to have updates on the, the gorilla potato planting, you know, extravaganza. And Julie, with all her expertise and her amazing cooking skills, we're going to make some kind of kick ass potato dish. Um, I'm hoping that we have 10 hills that will come through. Oh, we have more than 10 already. There's more than 10. I'll send you an update today. Every day I've been going for the last couple of mornings and uh, they, they grow so much every day. I I need to get some manure and put the manure on them and then we can uh, make some poutine. (laughs) That was good. No, 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 no. It had to happen. Our potatoes. Well, (laughs) getting back to people being tentative about growing things and it's, you know, it's only like the 18th, 19th, 20th of June right now. So we're going into third week of June. There is time to plant folks. You do not, oh, I missed that opportunity. You do have time. Radishes are something that you can grow in five, six weeks. So that might be a place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, carrots, you can plunk in anywhere. Uh, I think potato still has time. I leave my potatoes in the ground till the end of October. Yes. I talked to a, a friend who's a potato farmer and he said two weeks after the last or the first, the first frost, two weeks after the first frost. Yeah. Are, so you know. a lot of times I, I, I dig them out sort of mid October, end of mm-hmm. October. And I have there, they are great mm-hmm. and they don't keep growing. Like they don't, you don't have potatoes the size of your head. You they, they, they know they're like, we're done. We're just going to sit here in the dirt and we're going to wait for somebody Irish to come along yeah. and dig yeah. us up. Um, I can't wait to do uh, an Instagram story about us going around digging up. Potatoes. Totally. We'll get a bucket. We'll get a bucket. Mm-hmm. We will get your beautiful trowel with the handle half off. I will get a new trowel just for you. I'll have it in green. And, and, uh, and we'll just go dig up potatoes. I'm hoping for, I'm hoping for like a good harvest, yeah. Julie. It's really, ex- it's so fun watching things grow. Yes. It's except for your bum. Oh yeah. I don't like Yeah, That's true. Um, my, well, that's, that's not, not true. Tr- yeah, I, I, yeah. You can't, I, I like, you can't watch it though. Like I can't see, I can't see what I look like from behind. I've seen your bum and your bum's friggin' awesome. I- Julie Van <laughs> well, so is yours. Yeah, thank you very much. I, and, you know, it's in all the right places. Yeah. And I am so grateful to have legs attached to it that work and move around. Right. And uh, that's a whole other show. One of these days we will we will tackle that. There's so many amazing people talking about uh, women's bodies and men's bodies. I don't want to leave you know, yeah. Adam's folks out of the conversation. And, and human beings, let's say humans, because we want to always include human bodies, our trans friends, our non-binary yeah. friends, everybody. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to get into those conversations, but yeah, bodies are something else. Welcome to the no theme <laughs> podcast. Uh, we went put, from potatoes to bums to our transgender community. Mm-hmm. There you go. All in four sentences. Um, do you guys have any idea of going on holidays this summer? Is Are either um, of you guys going to be like in a trailer? Do you have any plans to like take your kids at them? Like what's happening? Because this is, this is the first summer of kind of liberation. My oldest is going to overnight camp in July. Last, <gasps> I'm, I'm wow. so happy. So last summer camp was canceled across the board, day camps, overnight camps. Uh, very dear friends of mine own uh, an, a great overnight camp in um, 
near Bancroft, Ontario. What's the age limit? Oh, well, there's staff. I mean, you can go from like <laughs> seven till, I don't know, 16, and then you're a CIT and then you're a counselor. And But so there go, she's going to camp for a month. Everyone's super excited. We don't have any vacations planned uh, per se this summer, but, okay. but, you know, maybe day trips going up north. My in-laws have a cottage in Collingwood. If you're familiar with Collingwood, it's a do it. couple hours yeah, north of Toronto. Great. So mm. like little day trips like that. Grand plans to travel Europe this summer? No. No, no, I don't. Yeah. No, I don't think I wasn't talking about that, but just, yeah. you know, stuff to do. Anyway, that's we'll, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Jan Arden podcast. Don't go away. A camping we will go. A camping we will go. Hi-ho and off we go. A camping we will go. Hey, this looks like a great place to set up our camp. Welcome back. We were just talking about First camps, summer camps. Adam says he's a camp person. I am. I was never really a camp person, but I, I did love going. I remember going in fifth grade on a school camp that I will remember all my life. I remember being, I remember the smell of the, of the cabin. And I remember there was four kids to each little room and we had our sleeping bags. And uh, I just remember having my mom having to get me a thermos. They, for, for whatever reason, made sure that the kids had a thermos. Um, but it had, putting that little camp kit together, that I remember very vividly of being, oh gosh, 11 years old and having that camp kit put together of stuff that you needed, um, like a little fork, knife, spoon combo yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, a cup, a plate. Like we had to, we had to have that. It was, it was such a fond memory. I remember putting, putting the emergency kit together in an empty uh, dry mustard can. Do you remember? We'd have to use an empty dry mustard can. We'd have to empty out the mustard. We, my mom had to buy all this mustard for my sisters and I, and then just dump it out. I don't know how we used all that dry mustard, but so that was like a metal box. I went to horse camp. Yeah. Well, that's a great idea. So what did horse camp entail? It, uh, there is horses and we, uh, we <laughs> rode on, on horses and there was cabins. So I had a hard time with, I loved camp, but I, I slept walked, I slept, slept walked. I walked in my sleep when I was a kid a lot. And so there were, there were bunks all the way out to the perimeter of the, the cabin. And one morning I woke up and everyone was sort of giggling and acting weird about around me. And, and the, the camp counselor said, that during the night I had been running around the, the cabin shaking everybody saying, where are my crutches? Did, give me back my crutches <laughs> to all the kids. Are you serious, Julie? Yeah. Yeah. So I was. So how, oh, I mean, do you do that as an adult? No, no, I don't. Uh, Willem does. He doesn't as much anymore now that he's getting to be a teenager, but uh, I don't, I don't think I do. I don't know. Maybe I do. I don't notice anything disrupted in the house. Uh, but I used to have night terrors, you know, early in the night oh. where you could, you could see something. It's just it's sort of you're halfway between asleep and awake and you can see as often um, spiders or bugs dropping from the ceiling. Mm. And um, I had those a lot when I was a kid and it's, they stopped when I was about my mid 20s, late 20s. Yeah, I think there's there's part of the whimsy of being a person that unknown factor that we that we do stop doing like kids they talk about kids being able to communicate with grandparents and they're mm -hmm. very open about oh grammy came to the end of my bed or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i saw this or imaginary friends that i always question that like is it imaginary or are they actually having 
Totally. So I think that openness and then as the world closes in around us, we suddenly kind of drop that little bit of unicornishness in ourselves. We close off things. Yeah. And then we spend the rest of our lives trying to climb back into that place of wonderment. And Mm -hmm. um, I love the fact that, you know, people are starting or what COVID did rather, that they started getting back into crafts and crafting and making things with their kids and making things with their families. And, and I think everybody found out you can only be on the computer so much. And then you kind of abhor it. You don't want to be on there. You want to be away from it. Mm -hmm. Just tell somebody they can't go to a park and see what Mm -hmm. happens. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And it's, yeah, I mean, people have been cooking and crafting and making things and becoming more self-reliant. We got, we got bees because Willem got into the idea of beekeeping. So we, we signed up for an online beekeeping course. I saw your bees. So what, what, what the hell, like, will you keep these bees in your, in your yard now? Yeah. And yeah. you, yesterday I was watching it and, and they were, you were looking for a queen bee and you don't think you have a queen bee and the bees were really loud. Where did the fricking queen go? They were anxious. So my friend, uh, who, who has bees split her hive. Um, and, she, but she's not, you know, she hasn't been doing it for a super long time. We have another neighbor who's a really good beekeeper. So he comes in and helps, <laughs> which is great. We're always like, Kevin, Kevin, can you come look at her, look for a queen? So sh- we split it. Uh, moved the the brood over to to our bee box and um and then let them chill out for a little bit kevin came back and and looked for the queen we couldn't find a queen so we're going to get another queen um because they need a queen there needs to be a queen in there and there's always be a queen in life i think we all learned that we're gonna name her beyonce yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, you can get a, a queen cup. They can, it's, bees are so fascinating. They can make their own queen. Uh, they build a queen cup. They, they, they feed the larva like 10 times as much royal jelly and create this queen. Or you can go to like a beekeeping supply store. You can get, get a queen. He's going to see if he can find a, a queen cup from one of his other hives and bring it over. But yeah, this year it's just, um, just building up the colony next year there will be honey but a colony produces like up to 100 pounds of excess honey like beyond what they use per per season that is it's fascinating it really is fascinating i've i've enjoyed watching that i i've often had people tell me that i should have bees you know out here Mm -hmm. and i do worry about life i mean i my year 2022 is already a log jam Like I'm looking at the work on my plate now because everybody's trying to make up for lost time dates that weren't fulfilled. People are still have their tickets for the shows, which are all going to be fulfilled. Anyone that has a ticket for one of our shows, that's all being honored. Like none of that goes away. You'll have the same seat you had in. When did you buy those tickets? 2013. When did this all start? (laughs) So that's starting. And then they're adding more shows, of course, because everybody sort of want to, I don't know. It's like a race to make up for lost time, which I think is impossible. So, you know, I, this is going to be, I think my last full summer at home for quite some time. I'm just so used to being home for four days and then being gone for 10 days and then being home for two days. And so I'm, I'm, um, this has been a unique piece of time and I've found myself doing so many different things. I don't know about you guys. Is there things that you've done 
this past year that you you just didn't think you'd be doing or thinking differently or approaching things differently? Mm. Mm-hmm. Adam? Oh, I can elaborate. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I could see his eyes open wider. Yeah. So many things. I So many things that I do now that are so much better for my life, my mental health, my stress level that I didn't do before because it was just, that's how life was. And now I take more time for myself. I make sure that I take breaks. I, I told you, like when we were talking about morning routine before, mm-hmm. I, I don't just jump out of bed, run downstairs and start working. I take mm-hmm. my time. I make mm-hmm. sure that I, that I balance my life between work and family and relaxation, which all yeah. takes place under the same roof. And mm-hmm. I'm very conscious of that. So totally. Yeah. Good for better. you. That's, yeah. that's awesome. I've been prioritizing what I, what I want to spend my time and energy on, which I think partly is, you know, as you get older and you get, you know, you're into your fifties and you start to realize like just the hustle. I'm, I'm spent so much time saying yes to everything. I know taking on rush, all these projects the and like, Oh, I can do this. So I should do it. You know, this is a paying gig. It's like, you know, I can sure I can do that. I can do that. And then I end up just not doing anything really well. Cause I'm always <laughs> That's so not true. I don't know. So I've, I've been trying so to focus. Well. <laughs> could I have that in writing? Yeah. I'm going to put that on my next book. Uh, you do everything so well, Jan Arden. You Thank do. You. Thank you. That's going to no, be the you, title of well, my next book. No. Well, it should be. You you plant a mean potato. But I, oh. you know, I think there's been lots of lessons and, and you hear so many people talking about it's going to take a long time, maybe decades to really unravel what has happened this last 15 months, how it's affected the planet, the environment, the carbon footprint, um, animal welfare, seniors care, homelessness, uh, you know, food insecurity. I'll tell you what, there's been so many issues that have been cracked wide open. Our pandemic bras. Pandemic. Well, you know what? I did go out and buy myself some really, really nice bras Mm. about three months ago. I went into a store, took a number. It was very clandestine. You always have a woman that comes in and lifts your boobs into the proper direction. And (laughs) for some reason, you just allow it to happen. You're like, this Russian woman is coming in here. Exactly. And she's going to be literally pointing my nipple in the right direction. And I'm going to accept it. And it's not even a Tinder date. It's just a normal, strange person (laughs) that I have never met before in my life that is going to be, you have too much back fat here. Totally. She's tucking it in. Yes. It it doesn't look, look, it looks like you have boobs on the back and you must put this in here and put an Adam is. I'm blushing. <gasps> so no, exactly. you see this here? This what yeah. this is lifting off for your sternum. You cannot <laughs> have this. Your and you must make sure your nipple push is the right direction when you go out the door. You must do that little bit of a check because nobody wants one boob this high and one boob this high. Anyway, you've listened to the Jan Arden podcast. Julie Van Rosendahl, Adam Karsh is so embarrassed. Um, and right. we love you guys. Uh, you. Look after yourselves. Light at the end of the tunnel. Get vaccinated. You will be magnetic and you'll have 3G and you'll never 5G. You'll have 9G. You'll never have to use your phone again. Thank you for listening. Totally do. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.